What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is your boy, Mike Sanchez. And this is your boy, Repeat. And you already know, don't say this, say, say that. that. We got a super, that, super, that, super that. special guest in the building yes, today. Sir. Yes, sir. Tell them about him. Man, I'm excited about this one. Today we got entrepreneur, actor, businessman. Shit, I could keep going on all day, but we only got a certain amount of time. Let me just introduce my guy, Manlos. What's going What's on? What's going bro? on, Manlos? How y'all doing, y'all? I want to thank y'all for having me up here, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for coming thank in, you. man. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. I think you you're the perfect person to have on. You you embody pretty much everything. You do a little bit of everything, so we're excited to have really? you on, bro. For those who don't know who Manlos is, tell them a a brief description of who Manlos is, what Manlos offers. I'm just a young do-it-yourselfer, you know, like uh, anything I want to do or anything that I see that I can do or I can benefit from or I can help people from, I want to learn it and do it myself. If I can find other people to help me, then even better, you know. Absolutely. But, yeah, I'm just a do-it-yourselfer. Like, I start my own businesses. If I want to be in a movie, I learn how to make the movie. I learn how to film it. I learn how mm -hmm. to write it. I'm not going to depend on somebody to pick me, you know what I'm saying? That's super dope, man. That's super dope. So it's just, exactly. you got inspirations and, and creativity flowing in all different directions, which is super dope, like man. That worth ethic is like what Say That is about. Like yeah, man. He's a Swiss army knife who just keep doing everything. You're intertwining, just keep on moving and keep on building. That's exactly what we need on Say That. Yeah, man. And Manlos, uh, just, just a little uh, description of, of Say That. So we're a platform for creative minds, entrepreneurs musicians, designers, graphic designers, anything you do, if it involves creativity, come over here, share your story, and with your short story, inspire others. Absolutely. Yeah, That's so amazing. we like to start it off every week just to keep the same motivation and inspiration going on with an inspirational quote every week. And the one for this week comes from Dalai Lama, one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it says, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try to sleep with a mosquito. <laughs> no one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's it gets gross. the people going. <laughs> right? I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's just you can't feel like you're, you're too small or, or, or anything. Everybody has to start somehow. And Manlos, you know, I think that, that lets us uh, segue to like the first questions of the interview, man. So starting a business and everything. I know you got multiple of them. So in your opinion, starting a business, what are the most important things both mentally and physically that an entrepreneur needs when starting starting a business you need to obviously write things out in steps mm -hmm. so like oftentimes we look at a goal or a objective and we're like oh i can't do that because i don't got this i don't got the car i don't got the camera i don't got the money i don't got the right. no like slow down break down in steps from the some, from the easiest thing to the hardest thing that it takes to start that business and start off with the easy things that you can do. So, for example, I <clears throat> went to Europe, the mm -hmm. program Word. that teaches people trades like finance and IT and other stuff. And then I had, I had a year where I couldn't find a job, and I think it was due to my resume needed to be, like, fixed up a bit. I think it was just God telling me to get back on your grind, get back on your hustle mode, like... Don't just depend on nine to five. So I was like, you know what? I was at home, couldn't get an IT job. Mind you, I'm new to this IT, IT thing. Like, I just had one year experience. I'm like, if I can't get a job, I'm making my own business. So I mm -hmm. went on 
I went online, Vista.com, I think it's Vista that makes business cards. Okay. I made an IT card with the little templates they had. And you can ask this dude, I was going around mm -hmm. handing out IT uh, business cards for IT services to all the local mom and pop shops, anybody I bumped into, like, hey, I go in barber shops, hey, I, do, I fix phones, I fix computers, da, 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 da. And then maybe the first week, you didn't get no calls. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that could be discouraging to some people. But yep. it's about staying positive. I'm like, you know what? You got to give people time to remember your card, remember that, that they just met you. And boom, the next week, bro, I had a bunch of computers in my house. And I was getting I was getting more money by myself than what I was working on the five. So mm -hmm. I used to work at MIT. I used to work at Harvard, making twenty bucks an hour, twenty fucks, twenty bucks an hour, twenty five bucks an hour. Bro, I was making a hundred a hundred a day, two hundred a day, three hundred a day. Wow. And I'm in my house. Yeah, it's empowering because you 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 control your schedule, and you kind of control how how you manage like the customer service and everything, your personal touch. So. That's super cool, man. So I was at home putting the computers to download and install things, and I'm going in the kitchen, having a snack, mm -hmm. leaving it there, going for a walk. Because, like, some computer jobs take hours, and you can't even touch it. You got to let it install or whatever. It's an all-day So thing. I can go about my day. Exactly. Yeah, so it was way more, it was a more freeing experience than having nine to five. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of an intimidating step. Mm -hmm. For for a lot of people, did you experience like any intimidation, any like doubt when you was gonna leave the whole nine to five and start your own thing? So for me, it's different because I grew up in the projects, you know, in the hood. So it's like when I was really young, like middle school, high school, I used to you know be around criminal activity and like violent activity. So and the way you be successful in that environment is you can't have a fear of death. You can't have a fear of violence because if not, then you're not going to survive in the streets. Mm -hmm. So it's like me, I'm not a, a gangster or a tough guy. I'm just more of a winner. So whatever I'm in, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to win. So when I was in that environment, I'm like having fear is not how you win. Yeah. So exactly. when, when you don't fear death, when you don't fear violence, you're not going to fear being broke. You're not going to fear having to grind, having to knock on doors. So that's what I use. I, I use something that I overcame in life that was fearful or, you know, traumatic. And if I can outlive that, I can outlive trying to start a business. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's dope, man. That's dope. That's um, it takes a lot of uh, mental power to start anything or to take, you know, something with that m amount of risk in it, especially when you're leaving a guaranteed every week paycheck for mm -hmm. something that at the end of the day, you know, has so many risks that you can fail. And this is what I kind of want to ask you too. Like you said, you know, you've grown up in that horrible environment, you know, you made it out, you're a winner. What are the keys to keeping that winning attitude and, you know, reminding yourself I've come so far and I can't stop now? It's reminding yourself, like reminding yourself where you come from, mm -hmm. reminding yourself that if you have a good job, you can lose that job any moment, bro. Even if you're a good performer, even if you're a great employee, if they feel like firing you, if you don't fit the budget, you're out of there. So it's reminding yourself what's really t what it really takes to be a man. A man needs to be able to build his own. A man should be able to provide. And depending on a boss to pay you forever, it's not really uh, manly to me. You know what I'm saying? Like We Absolutely. all need to have a job at some point mm -hmm. and get paid. But you should be looking at to build your own stuff. 
a, something that nobody can fire you from. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. And I think that's what kind of gets lost in this current generation is we forget about like a legacy we leave behind, you know, in life, whether it's whatever we do. And that kind of gets lost in translation as the years go by. But it's good to see that we have people still that don't want that and want their legacy to be this. Kind of like would say that, you know, say that early on. This is what me and Mikey wanted to be, and this is how we're going to build our legacy. So hearing someone that doesn't want that 9 to 5 for himself and sees the bigger picture and everything is really refreshing to hear because, like I said, it kind of gets lost in translation in this generation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Another thing since uh, we were talking about, like, the whole mentality and leaving the job to start your own business, I want you to take me to a time or to something specific that when you first made that step to leave the job and start your own business that you wish you would have known before you started your own business? Something I wish I would have known. Mm -hmm. To be real with you, like, there's a lot I could have learned or I mean, could have known before I jumped in, but I don't really, like, see it that way. Because mm -hmm. like, whatever I need to learn, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to ask around. I'm going to observe. So, like, I have no regrets, bro, honestly. I, I just don't live like that. I have no regrets. That's dope. Yeah, that's yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that man. That that's that's, that's key. Key yeah. in anything that you that you want to accomplish. Like right? one thing I'll say, like like to this this company right here, Love the Ugly. Right. I had Love the Ugly. I had this name for five six years, and I knew it was a fire name. I knew what I wanted to do with it. Like I actually started a podcast with it. Okay. Um, but. I never trademarked it before, never service marked it, and like I kind of just put it on pause and did a bunch of other stuff. So like, cause I didn't know how to trademark, I didn't know how to service mark, I didn't know it was that simple. That kind of stuff I could have known, and I've, mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't really see it like I missed out on anything because I just keep it moving. And as I keep growing and doing other things, my network just builds, my resources just build. So it's like now here I am. I got a trademark. I'm doing clothing. I'm doing a video plat content platform. So it's like, I don't regret nothing, bro. Like, I just keep moving. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it's like an athlete. You know, you go from playing basketball to baseball to football. And, like, somebody may say, just focus on one sport. But mm -hmm. guess what? That person's experiences and network is so much richer because he's lived so many different lives in just one life. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. No, that's so, dope, man. 100%. Absolutely. And I, I, I think... I agree with you on that tip. I feel like anything that you go into, just being conscious, like, yo, I don't know everything, and just trying to be the sponge, you know, like absorb everything mm -hmm. you can to, like, even apply on a future venture. You know, you never know. So that takes me to another question I wanted to ask you. So with everything you do, whether it's trying something or do, starting a business, making a rap song, designing a logo, you're always going to have the risk of failure. And I feel like failure is one of like the best teachers. When you fail, you obviously know how to adapt, how it's to humbling. adjust. To exactly. And it can be humbling. Exactly. And, and how to not repeat that same mistake. So take us back to like the beginning when you first started your entrepreneurship and a failure that you benefited the most from. A failure. Let's see. What do you mean, like, like when I started a business and it didn't work out well? It didn't work out well. Like what did that teach you? Or around that. What did that teach you to like not have that mistake again, even if it's mental? Yeah, I want to be real with you. I don't remember ever having any like failures with my businesses. I don't mean that no like no cocky way, but mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. 
for example, um, when I was young, when I was like in middle school, I used to sell fireworks. Okay. My my step okay. pops, he put me on like he bought the fireworks from his friend. He was like, "Yo, can you help me sell these? I pay you." And they used to sell them in the projects. And you, everybody knows the projects. They love fireworks. Bro. Yep. Right. Y'all can see that this summer, how it was crazy <laughs> with mm-hmm. the fireworks. Exactly. So what I did was I saved up my money and I bought my own fireworks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just selling fireworks. Everybody thought I was selling drugs because I had my book bag on all the time. I was selling fireworks. What a water what cash. <laughs> yeah. Everybody thought I was selling weed. I'm like, nah, I got fireworks in here. I got, fireworks <laughs> I got that fire, back. though. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and then the crazy oh. thing is, these dudes was hitting my doorbell at 7 in the morning. Wow, trying damn, to buy fireworks. Because the hood dudes, you know, they be up early. Like, I don't know about nowadays, but the hood, the real hustlers, they be up early, bro, because the fiends, they need their drugs early, yeah. you know? You got yeah. the, you had them undercovers, man, just bro. on your back because of that. I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't even need to leave my projects. I used to live in Cathedral Projects, mm-hmm. selling fireworks. Anybody who used to live in Cathedral back in, like, 2002, 2003, 2004, could attest to that you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. a lot different now too man it, everywhere has changed so that's cool man that you was able to adjust to your environment and, yeah. and and make something out of it so that's super dope man and to go off that point of like you're saying you know you didn't really have much failure i think that's an attest to you know you doing the right thing and always doing it to the fullest and the best and sometimes when people are starting businesses like that or starting to try to get into acting like you did they kind of lose themselves in that sense. So how did you get everything to kind of run so smoothly for you like that? Um, so I always, so like instead of instead of seeing it as failure, I just call it as maybe things started off slow and then just adjusting. So I'm always looking at what am I not doing that I can do? Mm-hmm. Trying to think like what I, like I should sell diapers, you know what I'm saying? So I, I would look at what people need, what people want, and just try to find a way to make it marketable, you know, make it marketable, right. reach out to people. Like, when I, when I want to do something, bro, I'm going to just keep doing it and try in different ways until it works. Like, I'm not I'm not just going to stop. Like, right now, I, I'll tell you what somebody may call a failure, but I don't see that as a failure because it's just on pause right now. I wrote my own script, like, four or five years ago, okay. and... I had plans on filming like a short, like a film, like an independent film or a series. I still haven't shot it yet. I've done auditions for it. Like people came from Providence, New York, all over, whatever, to audition for it. We shot trailers, but we haven't finished. We haven't shot the film yet. Okay. But so like it's, but it's, it's just on pause. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a failure to me. No, and then everything else, like people be like, oh, you, but you're distracted with, with your clothing or your music or your lemonades or whatever I'm doing. And it's like, nah, like everything I'm doing right now is going to add more to the movie. Exactly. It's more elements that I could throw in the movie. It's, it's more stories. More, just keep building it. It's yeah. Really like and you can cross market almost too. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not, p- people be so uphold with their goals and their timing for their goals. And we all know that there's two planners in life, in your life. And it's you and it's God. So sometimes your plan gets over overwritten by God's plan. Yeah. So it's like, I, I see God want me to do this right now. So my plan go on pause right now. Mm-hmm. So that being said, me not doing my film four years ago, three years ago, is not a bad thing because my network has grown. Exactly. My resources has grown. So we have better cameras. I have better... 
you know, staff who can help me produce the movie better. So, like, we got, like, Netflix-level cameras now. Like, wow. that shoot 4K. That's like, awesome. clear 4K. Yeah. I can shoot at restaurants. I can shoot at clubs. I know these owners. I know these people right. who manage these spaces. And, like, you just keep adding to for the free. Network. Let me use the space for free. So, is this... I've been gathering connections and net and resources that's gonna help my movie be that much greater. So, to me, that's it's a blessing that I haven't done my movie yet. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I feel like that that just attests to two things. One, everything happens for a reason. If it doesn't happen there, the opportunity that's gonna be presented to you to happen is gonna be even better because of everything else you said. And number two is that that shows you in, in your mentality too that you don't have to see failure as failure, but as an opportunity you know, to grow, to and adapt, to yep. yeah, to right. adjust. So right. that's that's super important. That's super, super important. So talking about something that we all need when we're adapting to anything or starting anything new, and that is inspiration. So I want you to tell us what inspires you to do all this funny content, to try to make a movie, basically to entertain. What, what it, inspires you? It takes a certain level of person to do everything because you're deep in, like, the creative arts. You're in, like, almost every aspect of it. So that's, like, some, like, next-level shit. Like, <laughs> not, you know what I'm saying? Not to, but, nah, like, thank it you. really is because, so, yeah, what is that drive, I should say, to be all in all this and what keeps that going even mm -hmm. to this day? Because, like you said, you put off your movie four years ago, but that's still there. Mm -hmm. It's not gone. So what's that? Where does that inspiration come from? I should say. To answer your question, his question, what initially inspired me was seeing you know all my people kind of being stuck in like in the hood, in poverty, not having those opportunities and the knowledge to opportunities to make money. But I noticed that we would listen and follow entertainers. Mm. Like we wouldn't really listen to at least the knuckleheads in the in the hood, you know. We're not gonna listen to a guy who has a suit and went to college and didn't experience what we experienced. Or it's two different perspectives. Yeah, and it's like people feel like, oh, you don't know what I go through because you had it good, you had it in school. So my goal as an entertainer, whether it's music or film, was to be able to capture people's hearts with you know funny and action and drama, and then be able to throw in the the lessons in it and the and the jewels and the message like independence and let's keep striving let's be united so you entertain people and you teach them at the same time so th that's what motivated me to get into um entertainment um, and then to do all everything else that's different like the different arts and stuff is that i kind of learn things quick mm -hmm. and i get bored if i do the same thing forever mm -hmm. right. so like i've done painting i've done drawing i've done music i've done film i'm doing clothing and I'm doing, I did farming. I just graduated from a farming course. Oh, shit. Yeah. Where, where at? I was, I was farming with the Urban Farming Institute in Mattapan. They also have locations in Dorchester and Roxbury. Okay. Wow. So, I like, never knew that. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You learn something new every day, something like that. And like you said, farming, that's just, you keep going. That's why it's crazy that we got someone here that's really always doing that because you just love to see that. You yeah. really do. Yeah. Okay. And like the and the the, else, the other benefit to doing so many different things, this is the key right here, is that you capture a wider audience. Cause mm -hmm. I might get fans for my art, I might grab fans from my music, I might get fans for my films, for my farming. Like you grab all kind of support from different people, young, old, you know, immigrant, local, 
you know, national, international, because somebody's going to relate to all these eight different things you're doing. Exactly. Some, you're going to have an audience for something, no matter what you're doing. And you're doing six things, so that's even quadruple what the normal person will begin doing one thing. Exactly. So you know what I mean? And I think that's, you know, you see that a lot with today in Hollywood and stuff like that, doing other ventures, but also, you know, becoming something like Jamie Foxx, actor, rapper, you know, businessman, that type of stuff. That's exactly what we have here today. Exactly, so exactly. One of, one of those uh, all-wheel all drive, exactly. all-terrain <laughs> like kind of minds, which is dope. Moving. So tell us a little bit about the farming. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's something that's been a passion for you um, for a long time. So tell us first your locations and what, what your goals are with the farming. Uh, so I've always been interested in, like, natural stuff. Even though we live in a city... I always wonder, like, how will we do this if we didn't have this technology? Because I know God made everything for us that we haven't made. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, I always was in tune with nature since I was young in that sense. So, as I got older, I got more interested in eating healthier. Because it's like, yo, we're eating all these processed foods and byproducts of food. It's not even real food. I'm like, I wonder how my body will operate if I ate good food, bro. Like, that's, like, from the earth. Exactly. That's, like, what the earth gives you. And it's also healing. So, like, exactly. you know. So, but what really, really motivated me, because we all, like, want to eat healthier, but we don't all fully do it, like, yeah. right? So, like, I was eating. There's uh, just so many options out there. It's so easy for you not to eat healthy, you know, they, right? They, they make it like that, you know? They exactly. make it hard for us to find healthy foods. Like, this is a fast food corner on every, you know? It's Bro, like, they'll, make, they'll make a burger, right, that has meat, bread, and vegetables cost a dollar, right, or two dollars. But to get a salad is like $8. Like, for real. Yeah. That Keep is driving it. up the price. They that want you just, to eat that. It's just leaves, right, that for grow. At that point, yeah, right. exactly. So... I went to Dominican Republic, so I already had changed my diet a bit, but I still ate, you know, regular stuff, pizza, chicken, all that. And I was on vacation, and we went out to the outback where people still live off their land and stuff. And it's like, they barely even did anything to the land. Like, they just probably planted the stuff years ago, and the things just grow on their own. And they just let it grow. And it wow. just grows naturally, and they eat off of it. So I was like, yo, I came back to the States from vacation, this was last summer, 2019, like June. And I was like, yo, I'm going to come out here, save money, and I'm going to buy a farm in DR because it's cheaper. And you actually own your uh -huh. land in the Dominican Republic. It's like, not you, like here, yeah. It's not, yeah. yeah. You own, you can do what you want. Out here, you got to pay permits and ask for Taxes permission. and stuff like that. So long story short, I ended up moving from Quincy back to the neighborhood, back to uh, Roxbury. And right across my building, this was August last year, was one of the farm locations from Urban okay. Farming Institute. Wow. That's um, very convenient. Yeah. So I was like, the universe talks to you. The world talks to you. It's up to you to pay attention. So I was like, oh, okay. It's telling me, you say you wanted a farm. Well, here you go. What you going to do with it? So I was like, I could either just look at it and be like, oh, that's nice, and go about my day and go back to work and or you could actually take advantage of what you say you want to buy in DR. You want to buy? Well, here's a free. Here's a free sample. This is how you start, exactly. So I went in. I was in there every day, eating the the, the fruits, the vegetables. I used to go in there and pick up, have um, 
phone interviews for jobs in there, like I would just spend time in the farm. Like why be in the house when I could just be outside in the sunlight around the plants? Real quick, what'd you grow there for like vegetables and fruits and stuff like that? Um, So that summer they were growing peppers, kale, collard greens. What else they oh, grew? Oh, so this is like stuff like not everyone grows. Because I don't know, like, I, like cause the people I know that grow that stuff, they start like with tomatoes, you know, basil, the kind of simpler yeah, stuff. Yeah. It sounds like really like... We had carrots. farming, yeah, exactly. Scallions. I'm trying to think wow. what they had on the other side last year. I got I to gotta ask my boy. I forgot now. This year we have eggplants, cucumbers, collard greens again. I put in some tomatoes in there, some peppers, some corn. I got a raspberry little, it's a little branch. Yeah. And it's growing little raspberries. Oh, that's dope. I got some golden berries in there. I had watermelon in there. We have butter, was it butter squash or something like that? Butternut squash. Butternut squash. Yeah. Um, wow, bro. That's that's incredible. Because that's yeah. just like, that's all healthy for you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just, it's growing right there. It's meant for like the earth. You know what I'm saying? It's meant for the humans to eat. You know, meats, whatever. Yeah, you can eat meat, but like, you're growing your food, you know what I'm saying? You're mm-hmm. making this for you and for the earth. That's mm-hmm. why it's just so, like, kind of gardens, like, euphoric in that sense because you know you're benefiting from what the earth is giving you. Mm-hmm. And it, and meat, all you eating, when you eat meat, all you're eating is secondary plants because what do the animals we eat eat? They eat exactly. plants. So you're just eating the benefits that from the from the plants that they eat from a second hand. But yeah, and then besides it being physically healthy, it's like mentally healthy and emotionally healthy because mm-hmm. you're not multitasking and stressing like at peace, calm, you know, planting, growing. Like all the work in the farm is the easiest work in the world. Like it may look physically hard, but it's it's simple. Like I could explain something to you right now and you could and you could do it. Mm-hmm. If I say exactly. pull this weed from here, you pull it from here. If exactly. I say dig this couple inches, plant that up, like it's easy work, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, other than you trying to eat healthy, like, it has a whole bunch of benefits with that. Like, spiritually, you feel more connected to, to nature. It can be, like, your way of bonding with nature, with your own garden. And also, like, I feel like one of the best things that planting or gardening has is it teaches patience because, like, it's not something that mm-hmm. you plant the seed and it, you can expect it in a week or two, so super dope. Yeah, it definitely teaches you patience. It makes you slow down, and it makes you not worry because if something messes up on the farm, it's okay. Like, if you broke a branch, cool. Like, it broke, it'll grow a new one. Mm-hmm. If you planted this wrong, cool, we'll just take it out, replant it. Like, you know, there's no worry at the farm that I learned from, you know, like, and we we have things to do each day. And if the job is not finished by the time we need to finish, it's okay. We finish it tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. it's no, it's none of that nine to five corporate job stress. We got a deadline. Unnecessarily does. Yeah. You're your own deadline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? That's like, cool, man. So I hope that everybody listening and tuning in right now is feeling good, feeling connected, right, you know feeling relaxed. But we also got a special segment called the weekly drops because we also want everybody to look good. Absolutely. I'm fresh, I'm fly, I'm so damn high. That's right, you want to be fresh. Stay fresh. Exactly. What you got for me this week, Mike? Yeah, so I'm going to, it's going to be a very brief one. So one of New York's brands, Kith, Ronnie Fike, is collabing with BMW. I love both brands, and it's pretty cool to see uh, Automotive be able to collab with a clothing brand. So I'm super excited to see that. Right, and are they... 
is it for sale the cars or um, are they just is it just his and he put his logo on i it's clothing that's inspired by the cl- by the cars so they have like the oh, bmw okay. I'm dumb. Not and that, you bro. Yeah, no I no no it's fine that. and you know how like bmw has the classical red white and blue kind of like right, colors yeah, in exactly, the emblem color scheme. so like they're using those kind of colors for the collection okay okay word word that's that's lit that's lit that's lit that's actually shout out to last week when we were talking about five boroughs exactly yep, 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 yep. this week so what do you think about that mammals what do you think about kith that that collaboration like so what he, what he does with the cars like so he he's dropping basically like supreme did it supreme collabed with lamborghini and they dropped their own um line of shirts and had like the lamborghini logo on the oh. back and stuff like that so he's he's doing something on that except with bmw so like how do you feel about like two big companies like that of two different aspects coming together for some collaboration i think it's a great thing i mean because you're able to yeah both exchanging clients and mm-hmm. a, right. a customer base and possibly both growing each other's client base you know exactly because yeah. um to piggyback on that there might be some people that are customers of BMW that don't necessarily know what Kith is. Exactly. I don't want to say the same because I think everybody pretty much knows BMW. BMW. It's a, it's a, it's a exactly. global company. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But some kids may not be hip. Yeah. Some kids right. are so into you know their the sneakers and their sports, and they might not even care about cars. Like young kids, you know, yeah. but they're into Supreme or whatever. Kith. Or yeah, Kith. exactly. That's mm-hmm. on that aspect. But speaking of Supreme, um, this week for one of their weekly drops of fall winter 2020 they dropped this watch and i don't really like fuck with it in the sense that it's multicolored on the inside it's not from it's not like a rolex it's not like one of those big watch companies but like i think is it their own or is it a collab it's a collab it's a collab and the only thing is in the center of the watch is like it says supreme and then it has says something in yellow and something in blue it has like blue dash marks so like you can't really see time yeah like not not only the time like the numbers on it correctly Mm. too because like it's kind of half and half that's kind of like the bad aspects of collaborating like you're a street brand you know you don't really think watches you know what i mean it is kind of like a moving door and like kind of like expanding new product this this one dropping the most expensive ones fourteen thousand. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one it's, of those things. It's, it's a little, uh, little. Uh, I don't think it's worth the investment. I think you just might as well just get a Rolex on that idea if you're gonna do that. Listen, you know it's just saying? one of those things. You put the name Supreme to it, or you just have, or you associate Kanye with it, and it's gonna just go crazy. Right. But you know, to keep Supreme's the uh, a big victim of the segment the lively, got you guys feeling good, looking good, and wearing some fresh stuff. We want to talk about "Love the Ugly" by by uh, Boston Zone Manlo. So. Tell us a, a little bit about what inspired that. What does Love the Ugly mean? How is it available for people? All right. Have you asked me about what does Love the Ugly mean yet? Like before or not? No, 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 no. I we be- asked you like wh- what inspired to start it yeah, and yeah. you put it on pause. Yeah, this is like what it's about. Well, before I tell you, do one of you want to tell me what you what it means to you or what, what do you think of when you see that phrase? Yeah, because I was looking at it last night, and I like the message it sent, and this is what I was kind of thinking. So everyone's kind of got, like, an ugly side to them. You know what I mean? Not, like, in the physical sense, but maybe in, like, the emotional sense where you have those ugly emotions and, like, you kind of be rugged sometimes. Sometimes those are hard to break. But while you still have these emotions, you still have the love that other people can give you or the love you feel for yourself. So that's what I think 
it means with love the ugly is you can be maybe not the best person you think you are, but you still have love. Like people still love you. They get show you that love. So maybe things aren't always that bad. And that's that's part of the answer. Um. So um. For me, when I see love the ugly, I think about goal attainment. So like reaching a goal. So when you're reaching a goal, when you're on that path and on that journey, not everything is going to be sunrise and roses and good smells. There's going to be times where you're dealing with internal things, you know, like self-doubt or procrastination, which is like really big. So or, or, or just like challenges that were not planned for. So I just think that love the ugly is about embracing those hard moments with the end goal in mind. Yeah, yeah. So. Both your answers is pretty much what it is. But I explained, like, how I came up with it. So, yeah, so me constantly being the hustler that I am, you know, I was broke. I had a single mom, lived in the projects. I had to work to get my own sneakers, you know. I had mm -hmm. to work to get my right. fresh clothes. Cause my mom had a limited budget. So, you know, and all these other kids are being spoiled. Their parents are buying them Jordans every week. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how I can't keep up with that because my mom don't got no money, so I had to start hustling and I guess the the short answer is I'm a very optimistic person if I have like you say all the time like this is like you the first person that be saying this to me and it's like yo you got a lot of superpowers right, right. That, that, that's the phrase it's right I mean it's true that's the phrase he uses is right and it's like if I had to say which one is one of my best superpowers is my being optimistic that no matter right. what I'm in, no matter what's going on, I'm going to look for the bright side out of it. Absolutely. And I recommend anybody to work on that superpower. So the like, ability to be optimistic. Yeah. Right. So then one thing you learn in the hood, and like you see this till this day, like we learn to love the ugly. Like we love the ratchet. We love the dirty hallways. We it's love, what trends, you know Yeah, what I'm we love the grime. Right. You know, the toughness. When you in the hood, you learn to love that violent, that aggression. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my boys, when they will see me angry or, like, you know, turning up, they're like, oh, look at Lowe. He's, he's, you know what I'm saying? He's lit. Yeah. He's lit. <laughs> like, he's about to knock somebody out. You know what I'm saying? Because... I think naturally, even we, if we don't think about it subconsciously, moving in fear, you can't really be successful. So hood dudes learn to embrace the the ugly side of their current situations. Mm -hmm. And then when you love the ugly side of your current situations, you're able to create a better situation. Like rappers, right? What do rappers? Rappers are the perfect example. Exactly. They go from dead broke to rich because they're singing and rapping about their ugly life, their ugly circumstances, you know? And people love that. They gravitate to their traumas, their their stories about being broke or about getting shot or about, you know, coming up from the bottom because a lot of us are at the bottom. Right, and I remember in um, the movie Straight Outta Compton, Ice Cube said in that, he goes, our art is our reflection of our reality. And, you know, everyone knows the story of that group, how, they, how tough times how they grew up. They saw murder, drugs, all that. So that's just what it comes down to is that it's just the reflection. It's your art, but it's reflecting on how your life is going and how it went. Mm -hmm. And then it's also, like, loving the journey. Most people are so obsessed with the destination and the, the end goal, and it's like a lot of people quit because they don't have no love for the grind. They don't have no love for the come up, you know? 
um, like starting off at the bottom. You know how dope it is that I'm I'm handing out like you can look at it. Oh, it's annoying. I gotta go out and talk to people. I don't know and hand out my business card and get rejected by different people. Like nah, I love that. Like, oh, you gotta twist your mind to love that. Like you know what? This is gonna be a story. I'll be able to tell. Like I I was going around passing out cards. To eventually, people started calling me like, "Yo, I need my computer fixed. I need this fixed." So learning the the journey to the to the goal is because if you only want the goal and you don't like the journey, you're gonna you're gonna stop. You're gonna quit. Yeah, you're right. looking for some for a microwaved meal. <laughs> you're exactly. not looking to cook yourself. Like something that's like a lot of people in this generation they do think short term. Like a lot of rappers you saw that blew up one summer aren't really popping anymore because it's just that trends over. Mm -hmm. They don't book for the long run. Mm -hmm. So getting into these fields and the arts like that, you got to book for the long run. You can't just be, oh, oh, this is what people are into now. Word, it's us. How do we keep people into that? Mm -hmm. Or to add to what you're saying, so, right, these rappers who had early success, right, and other creators who don't, don't just rap, do other things, who have had early success, they might fall off because you may have this early success but you're gonna have to grind at some point exactly mm -hmm. and like, they're and they're they're waiting for it to be easy again like no bro you gotta grind now even yeah. even though you had success vacation's real quick, over vacation right. is over the hype is over now you got to put in the real work to ensure that you're consistent and really build that 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 foundation exactly. So that's dope, man. Like, Love the Ugly, available now. They got a couple uh, T-shirts available, also a couple hoodies. I know that there's probably a lot more that's going to be coming out. Yeah. Um, how can people get that right now? So right now, the best way to order right now is just follow me on Instagram or DM me on Instagram at manlosjuice2. And then I also have a Love the Ugly official. So that's the Love the Ugly official at Instagram. You go just DM the pages and order what you got to order. I do have a website, but right now, I'm, since I'm doing so much, I got these guys, I'm telling them, yo, just fix it up for me. And, like, right now, they're working on my logo, and they got their own stuff they're working on. Mm -hmm. And I'm in no rush, bro. Like, I don't I don't stress things. You know, I just I try to get things done, but I'm not stressing it. So get them done the right way. I'm waiting the guys to fix up my website. You know, okay. I, could, I could sit down myself and spend a couple hours, make it look decent, which I probably should uh, soon enough, but... Yeah, right now you can order through um through me on DMs or whatever. All right, well, yeah, cause that's a good that's a good way to get your business yeah. out there. Plus, exactly. like, I move around a lot. I meet a lot of people. People come to my office space, so I have a shared space with different companies. Okay, what? so I make a lot of sales just by meeting people. Everybody I meet just want to buy something from yeah. me. So yeah, that's lit. That's lit. And I feel like it's more direct if they're DMing you or the page because you're the one running it. Yeah, and you know and, and, and they get that um as a company that's starting off is great for people to meet you face-to-face -face and get your energy because a lot of times people are not just buying your product they're buying into who you are mm -hmm. and people, exactly. people want to buy stuff to support you so that face-to-face -face interaction that that conversation piece is like it's really solidifying my my base my client base because mm -hmm. they're my supporters in everything i do bro he exactly. knows my, yeah. my my followers support me in almost anything i do 1000 like i could say i'm a doctor tomorrow 
who want open heart surgery. And I might, <laughs> and I might get three people who be like, I'm with it. I trust <laughs> you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you know what, um, Manlos, I think that that's uh, very important. And I think that is something that's declining now, especially since we're like in the age of technology and all that. It's really cool how you were able to incorporate technology and still keep a personal touch with people. So that's, that's really cool, man, that you're able to do that with Love Dugly. And part of it, so back to what he said originally about the definition of Love the Ugly, which it helps me sell stuff and build a support group and Because f- there's a meaning behind it, exactly. Like you're not just wearing a shirt, you're wearing exactly. a meaning. You can ask this guy, I don't just show my successes. I don't just show my happy stuff. Like I show my ugly side. Right. If I'm angry, if I'm sad, if I had a trauma, if I had a downfall, I share those stories. And I share what I learned from those stories. So I just being real and embracing your ugly sides and your ugly experiences and your downfalls make other people relate to you and respect you. Because it's easy to just pretend like everything is all dandy. We know a bunch of girls, a bunch of guys who just post the good stuff, the vacations. That's all Yo, you see them on some vacation. People, some people post like you think like they don't ever work. Right, because mm-hmm. you see, right. and you and you think they rich, That's what, yeah. and you probably got more money than them. There's people I'm thinking that they got they got more money than me because they always on vacation. They got the Gucci, da da da. They be working, you know. I don't want exactly. this one, but they working at a low end job or you know minimum wage job, and it's like they just showing you the stunts, they showing you the highlights, mm-hmm. they showing you the small part of it. They're not, they're not showing, showing you the full picture. They're not really showing you who they really are and what they really live in. So it's right. like, amen to that. Amen to them, but it's, it's like because I show my grind, I show. You know, I could be broke, I could be rich, I can be whatever. Like, it's possible. People respect that more. No, and I just feel like also it makes you more relatable. Mm -hmm. Relatable, because I feel like we live in a capitalistic country where success is glorified. Somebody that can have private jets and a mansion here and a mansion there, those are like pretty much gods to a lot of people. That's how they're marketed to the young people, at least. But these people don't share the ugly. They don't share their love for the ugly. They don't even tell you that the ugly exists. So they just I'm, show I'm, you the sunshine and rainbows. Exactly. So I'm, I, I really like that that you're doing that, and it just makes it more relatable. It's authenticity. It mm-hmm. really is. That's what. That's the lost. It's a lost art in this day and age. I will say that. And for people to have that still, be it they may not be a lot of people, but we still have that authenticity existing. Is good to know. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And. Going back to what Manlos was saying, like all these people just posting in the pictures of of their vacations and not really showing you like who they are as a person, they're acting. And we're very excited to have our first actor on Say That Podcast. We saw you on the big screen. Venture Ma- Confidential. Exactly, Absolutely. exactly. With Boston Zone. So how did that even come about? Hold on. When you found out I was on it. To be honest with you, like when I saw people posting it and sharing it. Okay. Because that's why I also was, like, interested and I asked you. And I was like, is this something, like, you don't want to talk about or something like that? And I was actually very impressed with, like, what your answer was. Yeah, yeah. He was like, no, I want to build my own. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, so, yeah, like, I you know, I posted about it when it was happening, when they got released and all that. But it's like. That's old it's, news. It's old news. Like, we got new stuff to do, new stuff to put out. And, like, I told him, like, I'm very grateful for the opportunity of being in the film, I actually manifested that role. But I'm way more excited for my film. My thing gonna hit the world, bro. Word. Like, but what was your question about the project? How did that come about? Like, I know that you said you manifested it 
But it, it's something that a lot of people dream of. Like, I want to be on a movie, even if it's, like, for a quick extra role or something. Yeah. And, and you actually did it. So how did that come about? So when I was, like, 22, I did the whole bostoncasting.com. I did a profile. I would get emails about whatever new movies were being done. And I did a couple extra roles. I was in uh, Equalizer 1. Okay. You couldn't really see me. I was on the bus. Yeah. The bus just drove by. Yeah. He was supposed to come on the bus and, like, sit next to one of us. Then I was in Here Comes the Boom with Kevin James, okay. the guy from Kings of Queens. Yeah. Oh, wow. Legend. I love that show. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was in that movie as a background guy. Right. But then I didn't book, I didn't do anything else with movies until, like, 2018, whatever, when the Mark Wahlberg movie. And it was because all those emails were going to, like, my spam folder. Okay. Oh, and I wasn't okay. really checking it like yeah. that. But I'd be doing my own thing, so it was like, whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I was doing comedy at the time. I was doing the comedy skits and all that. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. So. Yeah, we need to bring those back. But keep going. <laughs> nah, I will. I will. <laughs> we, we working on that. And, uh. I was so I was in the process of writing my own film. My film is like it's gonna be based off real life. So there's mm-hmm. gonna be some action, it's gonna be drama, comedy. And I told God, yo, I need to learn how to do stunts, like how to make guys know how to fight and make it look real. So I told God, yo, let me get a stunt role in a real movie so I can learn how to do stunts. Maybe like five, six months later, my boy hits me up like, yo, they looking for tough Dominican dudes for this movie. I'm like, say no more. I'm, I'm, I knew I was gonna get that. I'm like, say like, no man. more. So I, I was at, I was working at Wayfair, doing IT and stuff. And I told my boy, you take some pictures of me on the phone. I think it was on his phone, his camera. I don't remember. And I just gave him the mean grill, sent the email out, sent my little fake acting resume, which yeah. anybody can make one. I can teach you how to make one. <laughs> I sent it out, and they called me back the same day. I think like, yo, can you come tomorrow morning? I told my boss. I won't be here tomorrow morning. So <laughs> I went up there. They saw me. They were like, yo, can you jump? Can you play ball? Can you fight? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And they were like, all right. And they, they had me on the stunt team, like, practicing fight, fighting moves. And then, so the stunt team didn't really have any lines, if you watch the movie. But there was like, yo, there's a role that opened up that has lines. Do you want to audition for it? So they made a bunch of us audition for it. I got a role. My other boy got a role. My role was supposed to have more lines, but oh, they, they kept okay. cutting stuff out, bro. Like, Damn. I was supposed to have, like, five, four more lines. Like, I was supposed to tell, I think, Mo, like, I was going to kill him and some more stuff. Oh, yeah. so that, intense, that, that was that intense fired. moment of the Yo, movie, then. fight him. Like, I was really, I mean, got to get in my bag. <laughs> for real. But I got the role, you know what I'm saying? I had to audition for it. The lady didn't think I was tough enough because she wanted me to act extra. I'm like, Yo, in my head, I'm like, trust me. Real killers don't do too much. Yeah. They, they give you that look, talk to you real smooth. If you don't want to listen, that's smooth on you. Smooth and silent, that's it. Yeah. But then the real directors had, they had to pick me, saw my audition tape, and they picked me, whatever. So, right. yeah, she was like, oh, I know I know you're a nice guy, but you got to act like you're tough. I'm like, all right. You don't know I'm acting like a nice guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope, man. That's yeah. dope. I bet it was like a, a, a very rewarding like experience Bro. for you. Bro, I'm gonna tell this to everybody. I wish I got into acting way sooner. Yeah. It was the easiest it seems, job. It sounds a lot of fun. You know what I'm saying? Like I know way you gotta fun. follow a script and everything, but it still seems like it's you gotta like, follow a script. But this it's like it's wiggle room to like exactly. You know, kind of incorporate around. your own stuff. Bro, all you do you show up, 
in the morning. You put on, you get dressed. If you need makeup, you put on makeup, depending on what you're doing. And then you just eat all day <laughs> and sit back and talk to the guys who you're working with. There's like 200 people behind the scenes, 300 people. Right. It's a big backstage set. crew. And there's girls, there's guys, there's interns, there's people you're learning from people. And you're just making jokes, making connections, networking, because everybody else also wants to do independent films, exactly. you know? So Somebody's like, got to know somebody. Like, you get, you could come out of there with, like, five people ready for your next film, honestly. Yeah, so it's like, and then you probably work maybe one hour or three hours, you know? Like, sometimes we work no hours, and you get paid nine fifty a day or or 1000 a day or 1200 a day. Like, we, they put us in SAG. So we, we SAG oh, okay. eligible, like the acting union. So we was getting paid like 122 an hour. Overtime is like time and a half. And then if oh, they- I never knew that they had a union like that. Damn, that's yeah. cool. And then if they make us eat through our lunch, like make us eat our lunch real fast uh-huh. and not give us a real break, they got to pay us $300. I'm like, can we skip lunch every day? <laughs> <For real? laughs> I don't want like, to. I don't, I don't even eat like I'm that. I'm not hungry. Yeah. I, I ate before. Yeah. Can we skip keep, lunch every day, please? Just, exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna, let's just keep going. I don't need it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was mad fun. Mad fun. That sounds lit. That's dope. And there's so many so jobs behind a movie, like construction, uh, uh, costumes, you know, wardrobe, makeup, whatever. Like, there's so many jobs that it doesn't involve acting, you know. So. That's dope, man, and and you were actually able to learn what what you originally wanted to learn, the which stunt. was yeah, the stunt. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. super cool, man. Could we expect to see Los in another big screen soon? So there's more movies being done right now in Boston, especially Netflix ones. Um, a I've lot already, of Netflix ones. I've been seeing a lot of them around yeah, town. I already sent my email to a couple. I might have to resend my email again um, because you got to stay in their face. So like, if you send an email, then respond. Send that. And another, the next day or the day yeah. after, keep sending it because in case they didn't see it, you know, or whatever happens. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, right now I'm not working. You know, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. I already graduated from the farm, so my schedule is right open. So I might I might get a role. Absolutely. I might I might get another role for these next few months. Cause like I said, man, you're on your time, so you know what I'm saying you're not on no boss's time. Yeah. So it could just pop up and right then you're already ready. I'll be on set with a pack of t-shirts, like for real. Who wants some love? Exactly. <laughs> get it in the film. So, bro, you said you were in the process, or at least trying to put on the side of your own movie. So, could you explain? Maybe a little preview. You're not going too deep because I know it's kind of going to be a surprise for the whole world. Yeah. What kind of like the core movie is about? Uh, no, I could tell you because yeah. by the time the thing come out, people are still gonna want to see it. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, so the original story is about like my early twenties, so between like twenty three to like twenty six, twenty seven, right? Okay. I this is when I was in total grind mode when I was like, you know what? F a nine to five, I'm doing it on my own. I'm doing grind time. I'm not depending on a job, right? I was sick and sick and tired of uh, getting laid off or getting fired or just roles not being, jobs not being enough. And, like, wasting all that time, eight hours on a job and then two hours to travel. And, like, by the time you get home, it's like the exactly. whole day gone, bro. That's it. So I started doing, I started selling weed in my early 20s. started selling mm-hmm. weed again. I was selling diapers. I was selling... A bunch of other stuff that I'm not gonna say right now. Yes. And I was making a lot of money, and I was like, you know what? 
I don't care about money, like especially if it's gonna be the illegal way. You know what I'm saying? So I told my boy, yo, we need to chase our dreams. Like, so I told him what was his dream, and he said it was comedy. So I was like, ah, right, so let's do the comedy thing. I told him I'm gonna make you the main comedian, and I'm gonna just help you with. The, I'm gonna write the skits. I'm gonna teach you how to write your own skits. I'm gonna shoot it. I'm gonna edit it, and we gonna get this bag. Yo, within one year, we was getting booked for clubs. We was getting paid to like host and just to post stuff on our Instagrams. Shit, I got offered to go perform uh, stand up for the army overseas, bro. Wow. But the guy asked me for like my reel, my com, my stand up reel. But I didn't have oh, like a stand up reel. Okay. I just did skits. Yeah. I could do a stand up reel, but. I, I didn't feel like putting in all that work at that time. Yeah. I, was, I was still hustling. I was still exactly. moving. Still mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So like, I I wasn't even trying to do comedy in my early twenties. That that was like one of my dreams to do, and one of my goals to do when I got older. Because I noticed like you could be thirty, forty, fifty and do comedy. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no age limit to comedy. Mm-hmm. Where as far as you know, rapping and acting, you want you want to use your young years if you can. So like act comedy and it's crazy because comedy ended up being the first thing I did, which I, I wanted to do do it last, but it was like one of the first things I did, okay. um, right. as far as independently, and so the movie's about me and my man's like doing all this crime stuff, you know, because he was a robber, so I was the hustler, he was the robber, he used to rob people, okay, so he's robbing drug dealers, I'm the drug dealer, and we have a bunch of crazy stories, you know, uh. Him trying to rob a pimp at a hotel. Oh shit! Yeah, us wow. like yeah, me meeting up with a crackhead. And I he, already gotta see this movie. Yeah, it's fire, bro! It's fire. He tried to rob a pimp at a hotel. He robbed somebody for like their. You know how people have expensive dogs that yeah. cost grands, right? Yeah, like, like those pit bulls and like those or, bull dogs. Those are Yorkies that. that cost like two grand or exactly. five grand, whatever. They're like high bred. He was that. stealing people's dogs and selling them, right? Wow. So, and then God, he's, his face and my face is, is linked up because we was doing all kind of comedy videos and stuff. So I got people coming to me because it's like some of them, he, some of the people he was robbing knew me. So like they come, in, they come into my house looking for their stuff. So like I got like four or five dudes outside my house trying to trying to you know what I'm saying trying to get brolic with me yeah. and, I'm, and I'm there by myself holding my own like so we got crazy stories like that. That's you know dope. What I'm I already gotta see this. That's movie. dope. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. Dope. So it's gonna be funny stuff. It's gonna be action. You know. It's gonna be all kind of. It's gonna have drama. You know. Right. It's gonna be funny. It's gonna be hilarious. That's right. dope, man. That's dope. Whenever that's uh, sooner in the pipeline, man. We'd love to have you come talk to about it more up here, man. Yeah, and then the whole purpose of the show is like, yeah, we're going to have all this crazy stuff going on, all this street stuff and funny stuff, but it's like it's showing how we started off at home with our phones do, doing comedy to then having a whole camera crew. Are you going to make it like a mini-series kind of thing, or is it just going to be like a one miniature film? Nah, so so the plan was to do, so to do a series to build the fan base and build mm-hmm. a momentum mm-hmm. and then drop a movie because um because if I do a movie they gotta give me at least twenty two million. Like if, if I if I sell it to Netflix or whoever they right. gotta I need a big bag. They gotta if, pay up for that shit. If you don't wanna exactly. give me the bag, you're gonna watch me get this bag by myself. So doing a series will uh create a following, cre- spread the word and will make Netflix wanna pay up that bag or when it, by the time I do drop it independently and charge, people are gonna want to pay anyways because they already see what I can make on the series. So they exactly. like, we want to see the movie. I could probably charge people 
50 for the movie. You know what I mean? 40, mm-hmm. like 40 yeah. for the movie. Because it's going to be something that nobody else has done. Like, we all seen movies that capture our stories, right? Like the rappers or the drug dealers. But it's not completely authentic. Mm-hmm. They, they make it a little bit Hollywood. They change up some of the story. They change up how we talk. They have, like, someone in it who hasn't even been... Like that. they clean it up a little bit. Exactly. I'm gonna make it real, raw, real authentic. Show the details of the different cultures, the different way we live. Like I'm gonna really put the sauce and the juice in that. Right. Put some yeah. song into it. Exciting. It's like you said. It's gonna be like something no one else has done before. Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm gonna show other people like chasing their goals. Like so, like if it's a girl who I know girls who quit their financial job to stop to do eyelashes and now they got their own little salon little parlor and girls who do massage therapy and girl you know just i'm gonna show other people in the series doing their own thing and progressing in life so because the whole point of the show is to show people how you can do it on your own step by step right got it right that's yeah. dope man yeah. i like that i like and that i think that's a good segue to go into the lyric to live by because it's kind of intertwining everything we've talked about so far. Nah, man, and, and Mandos loves rap, too. Right, like, you so do a little bit of music yourself, right? So, before we ask you about your music, I'm going to drop for y'all real quick. It's from Lupe Fiasco's Words I Never Said. It's called, it goes, and it stuck with me since high school. I remember hearing it, and I was like, damn, that's like, that's what I got to live by. I think that all the silence is worse than all the violence. Fear is such a weak emotion, that's why I despise it. Mm. And that's like, you know what I'm saying? Because rappers like that, or I should say rappers like that, that really just like hit home and want you to like, you know, like, hey, I've been through this. You don't got to, but this is the emotions like you got to have to do that. So that kind of segues into this question. So when you were getting into rap, what kind of got you in there and how did you build, you know, telling your story through rap? Uh, so how, and music. how like That's why I got saying. into rap? No, yeah, Baba, why you got into rap and like what you told, you, how you told your story through rap? Okay, so like growing up, I didn't have no pops, so you know the only people who I had as male figures was like the guys in the neighborhood and rappers. Okay. So like I would get a lot of gems, a lot of stories, a lot of lessons from the rappers I would listen to. So Biggie, Snoop Dogg. 50 Cent, you know, and I could relate to a lot of their stories, you know, how they felt or their trauma or, you know, their aggression or their coolness. So I was like, I could do that. So the way I started rapping, is that is that your question? Yeah, exactly. The way I started exactly. rapping was I would rap the lyrics, right, that they would rap, and then I would change up the lyrics that didn't relate to me. Mm. Okay. But like made it that. still rhyme with the last lyric. Yeah. Thing. So like it's I would really like creative. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a way easy it's the easy way to learn how to rap. So like if he said, Yo, um, I live with my mom's and I got a Ferrari, I'd be like, I live with my mom's and I got like I don't know, Atari. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll make it more realistic <laughs> exactly. to my life. Yeah. So I'll just change certain lines or certain words that and then that's how I learned how to rap by that's just dope. by just right. taking their old raps and, and remixing some of the lines. That's dope as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's super dope, man. Because I know a lot of people, when they try to rap, the main thing they do is, like, they listen, to, at, least, at least in this day and age, they listen to a beat first. Like, they'll look up YouTube beat or whatever, like, Drake type beat, 21 Savage type beat, whatever, and they'll do it through that. Yeah, yeah. So they, I think doing it that way kind of helps more because it's kind of ad-libbing. Yeah. And ad-libbing, you have to be more creative because you got to build a story. 
So that's why I think it's kind of dope how you took it. And that, as a kid, I was like, what? I was in middle school, so it's like these kids that are going to beats are usually, you know, high school kids, you know? Yeah. So it's easier when you're in high school to make up your own lyrics. But when you're in middle school, like... You're not thinking like that. You, yeah, you don't exactly. know how to really rap, so I'm just mm -hmm. using their own raps and remixing it. And also you learn, like, patterns. You exactly. Learn, like, right. you, you learn the, the patterns, the bars, because yeah. you're just taking their structure and putting your own words into it. Right, mm -hmm. right. That's right. dope, man. That's, That's dope. fire as hell. I any, any... Uh, Low singles coming out soon. Any albums? Any yeah. mixtapes we can you got expect? Anything from that? I actually, um, I got a song working on. I probably got like, like a one verse on it right now. But uh, I'm trying to get. A, I'm about to buy a mic soon. So I'm, I'm, I'm about this blue reactor mic. I told okay. you. I'm gonna put this little booth in my office, yeah. and I'm gonna be in there at night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a tape. I'm gonna drop a tape. Hey, I got hey. yeah, yeah. I so when I, when I used to drop music. On Facebook, this before Instagram. Okay. I used to get like 500 plays. Oh, okay. I used to get like okay. five to ten downloads. Yeah. I used to have people sending me videos, dancing to my music. Like I had a little music, little, little momentum, but I stopped. I stopped putting out music because I never found an engineer, and I don't want to keep putting out music that wasn't fully produced. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, bro, like same way, and then music to me was very dear to me, so mm -hmm. I always felt like it had to be perfect to come out. But nowadays, same way I do my skits and my movies, and it's like, however we do it, it's going to come out, you know, real authentic, real raw. A lot of these new kids are rapping real raw, real authentic, mm -hmm. no, no mixing, no mastering. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's just all straight from the heart. So if they could do it, I'm going to do it too, man. And exactly. Then right. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, it will happen. When, when Manifest that. When exactly. these engineers going to be like, yo, well, this dude rapping will. nasty, I want to engineer his shit. So. Yeah, and you know what? I was going to tell you too, just, uh, just to be on the lookout since it's, 2020 there's so much technology and stuff out there services that are available for free there's websites and stuff where you can upload your song and based on like the sound waves and stuff it like masters it to, for you it's not going to sound like it can go on a cd or something but it's going to sound way better than you know you just get we don't it. use cds no more exactly, exactly. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like i mean that type of quality yeah, like yeah, yeah you couldn't even if you showed a kid today what this is i don't even think they know what a <laughs> cd is I'm gonna put this out there because I mean I'm me, but I was thinking about bringing that back, like CDs. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I do my mixtape, yeah. like just having a classic mixtape package and like people buy it and like you gotta put it, like, you know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, that those original are, feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cause those are cool to own, like you know what I mean? Like you put them in like a collection, like on like your shelf or something. Mm -hmm. like, that. like I might bring the CD wave back. You feel me? Hell Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be on the lookout for that. For real, for real, for real. So, you know, in closing. Manlos, again, we really appreciate you taking the time to meet with both me and Pete exactly. here, man. Like, I gotta give a shout out to you. Um, I gotta give a shout out to everyone who has been in support of Say That so far. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the programming. I just gotta say that we got merch on the way. We mm -hmm. got some T-shirts coming soon. Some say that merch. F say that merch. It's on the way, and we will be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts very soon. Just give us a couple couple weeks maybe not even maybe a week just gotta work at the kinks but yeah man i gotta give a shout out to everyone who's tuned in so far especially for episode three thank you for tuning in for that it was a personal episode for me and mikey who have tuned in for this episode featuring manlows manlows again i can't thank you enough for coming in this was a great interview it was very thoughtful it was a great experience i gained a lot of knowledge listening to you thank you man and we gotta thank everybody tuned in especially absolutely mikey. take it away give us a shout out come on absolutely man uh Quick shout out to you, man. Quick, quick shout out to Manlos. Thank you, bro. Like seriously, 
no exaggeration you was like if this was a puzzle you would be like the perfect puzzle piece to like fit in because you do everything and, and i just feel like just answering all these questions anybody listening that's interested in doing their own business whether it's music acting they learn something from it so thank you bro Man, right. thank you guys for having me man Absolutely. you guys are great guys thank, thank you brother appreciate Any, that anybody you want to shout out uh, i want to shout out my man ag visuals he came here with the camera he he got some some footage let's go um i want to thank my brother dante live canvas he's been helping me out with my business you know okay. he's my business partner you know everybody everybody who supports me everybody who buy my shirts buy my hoodies who buy my lemonades who share all my content you know i want to thank everybody who keeps supporting the movement man right thank right you, man. And you can reach Manlo's on Instagram at Manlo's Juice Two, and you can find again his apparel company Love the Ugly Official on Instagram as well. You can find me on Instagram at Rep Six One Seven. That's R E P E T E Six One Seven. Mikey, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram Mike dot Sanchez. That's M I K E dot S A N S E Z Z Z with three Z's, so they can stop sleeping. Hey, hey, that's my favorite. That's the best part I have to say. That's the best part. <laughs> and as always, please follow Say That Pod on Instagram. That's Say underscore That Pod on Instagram. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm Repeat. It's Mike Sanchez. Man Los Joes. Exactly. And remember, don't say, say this, say that. that. Thank you, everybody. You'll see you next week.